0: Welcome to the Shohaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Father, we just thank you, Lord, we can open up the Word today. And God, I pray that you uh, would, would allow your Holy Spirit to, to take the words that I uh, speak today, Father, and allow there to be revelation knowledge, Father, for people. God, that this is just not another, another sermon, but God, this is, uh, this is meat that feeds our spirit, that stirs us up. Father, we, we do thank you for our nation. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, even as it's coming up to the National Day of Prayer and Thanksgiving, God, that, that, that you would hear and be attentive to the prayers that are made, Father, uh, uh, next week. And God, that you would indeed bless our, our nation. And Father, you would, uh, you would cause revival, Father, to spark right across our nation. God, that there would be righteousness and morality, Father, uh, right across. Father, the Australian people. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of years ago, well, it's probably a couple of decades now. But uh, there was a book out. Oh, they're just going by so quick. Um, and there was a book out called The God Chasers. Who read The God Chasers by Tommy Tenney? It was obviously huge in the Illawarra. Anyway, then there was a... a the, the basic premise of the book is that, you know, you can, you can chase God down. And there was a second book that came out called The God Catchers by the same guy. And it's, it's a good premise... But I think it's slightly flawed because there's a the, the idea behind the book. Or, the, or, or I mean, it was it was it was it helped me when I was younger. But now that I'm a little bit older, I look at that and I go, I'm not really sure God's running away from us. I'm not really sure that 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 we've got to somehow hunt him down. And he kind of goes, Oh, okay, you caught me. Well, okay, I'll bless you. Or, I, I don't think that's the way it works. And I want to. Read a passage. I want to tell, talk a little bit about the story of uh, the Valley of the Dry Bones. And uh, what's happened up to this point in time is the children of Israel have spent four hundred years in uh, bondage in Egypt. Uh, they've come out of uh, the the Egyptian bondage. They've gone across. The, they spent forty years in the wilderness. They're now in the promised land, and they have been worshiping other gods. And so God has put them back into bondage under the ba- Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar. And so this. Uh, particular passage of scripture, this story, this, this prophecy that Ezekiel is given by God is a, is a prophecy of hope for the nation of Israel that at that point in time was uh, anything but a nation. So if you go to Bibles, Ezekiel 37 and verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit, uh, in the Spirit of the Lord, and sent me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there was Very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said, Prophesy to these bones uh, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, he Prophesied of the breath, Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slains that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. In the Message Paraphrase version of the Bible, this particular prophecy starts off, God grabbed me. I love that. God grabbed me. You know, in 2016, there are going to be some things that grab you. Let one of them be God. There are going to be some things that will grab for you. Be careful what you let grab you in 2016. You know, there's a parable of the sower in um, Matthew 14. And God, uh, Jesus tells the story, it's about four, we call it the parable of the sower, it's actually parable of the soils. Because there's four different types of soils. There's the, the hard soil and the uh, and the, the birds come and, and pick off the seed. And then there's the the, the, the rocky soil and it springs up, but then the sun burns them. And then there's the third soil and that's uh, the 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 seed takes root, produces fruit, but then the cares of the world and the deceitful riches, riches grow, grow up, choke it, uh, uh, you know, representing weeds, and, and the becomes unfruitful. And then there's the, the soil that has no weeds, no birds, no sun. It's great soil, and uh, the seed's sown in there, and it produces 30, 60, and 100-fold. Now, we all look at that, so- uh, that, that story and go, we want to be soil number four. I mean, that's, that's the ideal. But I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm thinking, you know what? Most of my life, I fight in soil number three. Because if we're really honest, the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, grab at us all the time. You know, you get up in the morning, you're gonna have your quiet time, you sit down, and all of a sudden, you remember all the things that are on your to-do list, your phone's beeping, uh, you know, you you haven't even checked uh, Facebook yet, and, and so you've got all these things that need to happen, and there's, there's just the, the, the attention. So what you do is then instead of having maybe half an hour in the presence of God, you might kind of, you know, do the microwave version and kind of set your egg timer for seven and a half minutes. And, and, be, and you know why? Because things are grabbing for you. So if we're really honest, that's where most of us spend. Now, ideally, I'd like to say, you know, hey, look, I'm a pastor, and uh, of course, as soon as I got my pastor's credential, all the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches went away. I was given God's email address and phone number. I have not sinned since 1987, and here I am right now having a great kumbaya session in fertile soil number four. That's not the case. I wrestle a lot in soil number three. So in 2016, I want... To be grabbed afresh by God. And at the same time, I want to make sure that the things that are grabbing for me, like the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, don't get their tentacles around my spirit life. I want to be grabbed in 2016 by a fresh passion to live a life sold out for God. In 2016, I want to be grabbed by God's presence in my daily quiet times and in church. Because i found in church, there's other things that grab your attention. Particularly if, you, if you're a leader or a pastor in a church, you come to church and you're thinking, you're trying to worship and you're going, the guitarist is not playing right, is the music too loud, are the lights on, the lights off, should they be on, uh, the, the, the multimedia person's not, not uh, doing the, the pressing fast enough. I mean, today was brilliant. <laughs> but even in church, there's, there's a lot of things that can grab your attention. Who has looked at their phone since they came in the church this morning? Okay, I did. Anyway. In 2016, I want to be grabbed by God's heart for the lost, the broken, the hurt, the lonely, the hungry, the naked and the thirsty. I want to be grabbed by God's power refiring my faith in the power of God the power of prayer the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of a life lived fully yielded to God I want God to grab me afresh with his word where I'm passionate to get into the word to memorize the word to to live by the word to share the word I want to be grabbed afresh by God's love his acceptance his valuing of me and rest fully in the fact that my identity is in God I want to be grabbed by God's challenges I refuse to live a life cursed by mediocrity small thinking, small faith I want God to kind of throw me out of the boat because that's where the realm of the miraculous is I want to be grabbed and changed by a changeless God I want to be grabbed in 2016 by the things that matter Let me divert for a little minute. This week, uh, at the start of the week, you probably never heard the name Mitchell Pierce. Do we all know who Mitchell Pierce is now? A drunken buffoon. Anyway, he, was, he got drunk and uh, simulated sex with a dog uh, on a video. It got, it got videoed. He was drunk. And uh, the whole, that whole little incident lasted three seconds. The video's two minutes. And the world was outraged dog cruelty and, and I mean all you heard about through the whole whole week was how cruel it was to this dog and how Mitchell Pierce is bad and all that kind of deal but you know what I mean I watched the video and I saw the woman who owned the, the unit where they, were do, where they were there she said nine times get out of my house and these drunken footballers ignored her nine times she said get out get out. Nine times. But the world was outraged not in the fact that this woman was disempowered, not the fact that these drunken men ignored her her, her statement. The world was outraged over a dog, which didn't get hurt. I mean, it's a gross thing, but it didn't get hurt. And I look at that and I go, if I was that woman or if I was any woman in a situation where I'm telling men to get out, and the fact that the world's so outraged about the dog thing. We wonder why Australia in Australia we have a domestic violence problem. Because that's the level of respect we give our women. See so 2016, I want to be grabbed by the things that matter. Don't get don't get diverted by what the media will tell you is the most important factor. Get grabbed by things that matter. So how do you do that? How do you how do you allow God to grab you? Well, the first thing you've got to do is position yourself. Here was Ezekiel in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. He he positioned himself to say, okay, God, come and grab me. Being in church is a great thing. Having quiet times is a great thing. Listening to worship. Uh, just having a heart posture to say, you know what, God, my heart is towards you. My posture is open to you, God. I want you, God, to grab me in 2016. So position yourself. We need to also prioritize our spiritual walk. There's too many Christians. I call them vampire Christians. They want the blood, the redemptive blood of Jesus, but they don't want any lifestyle changes. God, I want your blood. Come, come. Come on, blood. Save me, save me, save me. What? You want me to stop drinking? You want me to stop swearing? Hang on. What, What are you saying? No, God. But I want your blood, but I don't want any. Of your change. I don't want to be discipled. I don't want to grow. I don't want to tithe God. But I want your redemptive blood. And if we want God to grab us in 2016, we've got to prioritize our spiritual walk and understand that if we grab hold of the redemptiveness of Jesus Christ, it by very definition demands discipleship and that we then become discipleship makers, that we disciple others. How do you allow God to grab you? Hunger for more of God. Another thing you can do is keep your heart sweet. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 45 and verse 1. And it says, My heart will overflow with a good thing. You know, in life, you get beaten up, you get hurt, you get disappointed. Yeah, you know, things happen in life, and you can just slowly become jaded, cynical. Oh, we've been here, done that. We've bought the T-shirt. You know, it's just that there's just a heart. Hebrews twelve talks about a root of bitterness, but I found to to keep your heart sweet, my heart will overflow with a good thing. We, we, I went through a, a some uh, a. a About six years ago, went through a really hard period in my life, a really difficult time, and at the outset of that, I knew that there was going to be a storm. It was going to be a big storm and probably a medium-term storm. And I remember, as I was driving to a particular meeting, I remember just thinking, you know, regardless of what happens in this whole thing, regardless of what happens I want to keep my heart sweet. I'm going to make sure my heart overflows with a good theme. That I'm not going to allow this thing to make me cynical, to make me cranky to make me angry, to, to, to just derail the, my spirit. And you know what, I, I think at times we need to be that intentional with our decisions, that intentional with our feelings that my heart is going to overflow with a good theme regardless of what goes on around me. be open to change. Ezekiel was repositioned when God got hold of him. So we must be open to change. We must be open to God saying, okay, there's now change. Change in your thinking. Change in your habits. Because reality is that whatever grabs you will reposition you. The last time I was down, actually, the time before that, in early December, I, I preached at night about uh the different churches that I've been in and how different things have grabbed me. When I left the Anglican Church, I grew up in Anglican Church, you know, I had a, had a love for Jesus and when I, uh, when I uh, was part of a, a lighthouse church in Wollongong, uh, I, I, I was grabbed by love uh, for the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so I, I added, I didn't get rid of Jesus, I just added to that. And when I was part of uh, City Point Church, I was grabbed by love for the, for, for the lost. And when I was part of Narra City Church, God over a period of time grabbed me and grabbed my heart for justice. And that, that grabbing has repositioned me. I'm now repositioned where I, I, uh, I'm the National Director of Global Care in a, in a full-time role. So whatever grabs you will reposition you. The second thing that I get out of this particular passage of Scripture is, Ezekiel is asked by God, can these bones live? Now, these, the, the, the Bible actually says that the bones were dry. Like they, they were very dry. You know, you, you go past roadkill, and it's been there for about a week. And and the, it's just all rotted, and it's just like the the skins just. They're not dry bones. They're wet bones. It's like, I'll tell you a really gross story. I have three sisters, and my eldest sister is was like a princess. She's very never got her fingers dirty. Just anyway. When she was in year twelve, she was older than me. Uh, when, when, well, she's always older than me. But in year twelve, thought we needed to clarify that. A kangaroo got hit at the bottom of our. our uh, we lived on a hill, and it was a kangaroo was there, and it had been there three or four days, and it was kind of half on the road. And so my sister, uh, kind of every time we drove past, and my sister said, "Oh, someone should move the kangaroo." So mum said, "Well, you do it," to my sister. So my sister was so moved by this dead kangaroo and so it was quite large and so she's grabbed it by the tail and uh, has pulled it off and the whole skin just slid straight off the tail and she was like, filled, like left with this like maggot infested uh, skin of a kangaroo. It was one of the happiest days of my childhood. It still makes my heart smile. I would bring it up every Christmas. Anyway, that doesn't really contribute at all to the to the preacher. It's just a great story and I'll send my sister this podcast. Anyway God says to Ezekiel, Can these bones the bones were very dry. I mean this is just not something that kind of was you know, a roadkill that was hit 15 minutes ago and hey can this kangaroo live well let's raise yeah pray and raise it and, and just say I mean this the, and these these bones would have been scattered by uh, by scavengers and and so there's no there's no discernible skeletons it's just bones and God says can these bones live now Ezekiel very smart only you know God brilliant answer and so he, he says he says, to, to, to Ezekiel to prophesy and you know maybe as in 2016 there's some area of your life that you've got some dry bones maybe it's maybe it's, a, uh, it's, it's your marriage you look at your marriage and you say man my, my marriage feels like dry bones and God is saying can these bones live Maybe it's to do with your finances. you've got debt, and there's just you're just, just burdened by this incredible amount of debt, and, and, it's, and it's like you're living in this valley of dry bones. Maybe it's your dreams or family relationships or friendships or, or, or uh, any number of things, your attitude, your career, the call of God on your life. Maybe you've walked away from something and you've just gone, you know, that area of my life is a valley of dry bones. And I would say that maybe God is saying to you today that can these bones live? Maybe we need to dream again and begin to say, come on, God, get these bones in my marriage. That, that this, this, My marriage is just, it is just, just this, this, this. We're not even friends anymore, God. It's, 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 a, it's a valley of dry bones. And God is saying these bones can live. Yeah. Yeah. That we would be, allow God to grab us and it would stir up our heart and our faith and we would start to look at the dry bones in our life. Because reality is we all got some area of our life that we just kind of put in the two hard baskets relationships, career, debt, marriage, finance, whatever it is. And God is wanting us to start to have a faith again and say, hey, these bones can live. The third thing that I get out of this scripture, of this story, is that as we allow God to breathe on us, sorry, as we allow God to grab us, We've got to allow God to breathe on us. John 6.63 connects the vision of Ezekiel with the ministry of Christ. John 6.63, Jesus says that that, uh, that the words that I've spoken to you, they are words of spirit and words of life. And in the Hebrew, uh, the word wind is ruach, which literally means breath. And it's the same word, uh, the, the same usage of, of the word but in the Greek uh, that's talking about the Holy Spirit the humour of, of, of God the, the breath of God and, and in Acts 2 and verse well in Acts chapter 2 is the, is the whole pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the, local cho- on the, the, the church and birthing the local church and there's, there's, a, there's a breath that comes in the burst the church age it's the breath of the Holy Spirit it's the humour of God and we, we need to uh, daily allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh I remember when I was 17, it was two days before my trial HSC, and I was attending a little, uh, visiting a little church up in Barrow, and a uh, the guy there was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, you know, I was an Anglican, so I didn't really know too much about that, but had been hearing a little bit about it, so I went out the front to get baptized, to get this experience that this Pentecostal preacher was talking about, and uh, Again, I was a good Anglican, so I'd never been slain the spirit. And uh, so I walked up, and this guy puts his hand on me, and I've just gone, bang, down on the ground. And so he gets me up, and uh, does it, bang, down on the ground. You know, I got up the second time. One, praying in tongues, but two, I've never been the same. My walk with God at that point in time went to whole new levels of passion, of, uh, of faith, of excitement, of commitment, of dedication. What happened? Well, God breathed on me. God breathed on me and changed me. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you. Seek the experience, seek the fact that God wants to breathe on you. The fourth thing that I get out of this story is that dead bones have ears. He says, prophesy to the bones. So he begins to speak to the bones. And he starts to say to the bones, you can live. And so we need to understand that dead bones have ears. You know, in, in, in Mark, where, where Jesus is talking about having faith in God, and, and he says, you know, if you if you speak to the mountain and say to the mountain, be cast in the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, it will be done. And so God's Jesus told, tell me, we've got to speak to our problems. At times we need to not pray about our problems but speak to the problems not pray about the dry bones we need to prophesy to the dry bones because the dry bones have ears now these these bones they were very dry they were dead but in the spirit realm the breath of God can come and allow these bones to hear can these bones live So he prophesies, but he prophesies not what they were, but he prophesies to what they can become. So we need to, when we speak, we've got to be very careful about what we speak about ourselves. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to understand that. So be very careful what you say about your finances very careful about what you say about your marriage. I had a work colleague one time when I was working in a computer store and he described his marriage as a necessary evil. Who would, who would describe your, wife, your spouse like that? And so it's like people, people tithe and they believe in God for finances and then they'll say things like, oh, we could never afford that. We could never do that. And and so what they're doing is they're they're doing an act of life on one hand, but killing it by what what they're speaking on the other hand. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we have to be very intentional about what we say. And what what Ezekiel is doing here is prophesying not to where he was, but to where they were going. Prophesy to the bones and say, you can live. There's a faith element. Then the sinews grow. The bones come together, there's a rattling, the sinews grow. And the Bible makes a really interesting observation that they were still dead. They were now a body. They now had flesh. They now had sinews. They had organs. They had a brain. But they were living without life. They'd come together. He'd prophesied. And I look at that and I think, as we allow God to grab us, understand that God wants you to have the best life. That God is not some cosmic killjoy that is up there as the big ugly principal of a, of a high school going, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do that. And you... God doesn't make you beige. God wants you to live a life Filled with life, that as he grabs you, that that, that there would be that there would be something uh, in in that dynamic of faith and a dynamic of God that takes you to another level in living, so that people should be able to look at your life and go, "Hey, I want to live like you. I want a marriage like you. I want an outlook like you. I want to do storms of life like you." That the challenge can be that that Christians sometimes are the worst advertisements for God. And you know, there's an old saying that says, you know, you, you may be the only Bible that some people read. But what what page are you living out? Lamentations? So and so begat so and so, and so and so begat so and so out of Chronicles, and it's just boring. We should be living lives and doing doing life well, and living life that that are, it's attractional to people. People go, man, I want I want to live like you. I want to see miracles like you. I want to have an attitude and outlook like you. Can these bones live? In 2016, allow God to grab you afresh. Wouldn't it be great in, even for God to grab this church afresh? 2016. I believe that 2016 is going to be an awesome year for this church. God would grab us afresh. Let's pray. Father, we want to position ourselves today. God, as as a church. But Father, as individuals as well. God, we want to position ourselves so that you would grab us. God, grab us afresh. God, it's not about us chasing you down, hunting you down, uh, running after you. God, it's about a heart posture. And allowing God to grab us, and Father, I pray, Lord, that You grab me afresh. Father, I uh, front and center right now, God, I declare, God, grab me afresh. God, grab all of us afresh, God, and let us, let us be stirred up in our faith, God, that we can prophesy to the dry bones of our life, and Lord, that can rise up a great and mighty army. God, this was a, a prophecy of hope, Father, for, for a, a broken nation. And Father, let this be a prophecy of hope today for people. Hope in hopeless situations. Lord, maybe there's medical issues. Maybe there's well, whatever is an issue right now in, in, in individuals' lives. Father, begin to stir up their faith. God, that these bones can live. That there can be miracles. Father, they, that, that, that an increase in faith, God, would see amazing things happen. God, we prophesy to the bones today. Live. Breathe. Rise up, a mighty army. As every head's bowed, every eye's closed, maybe there's some people here that don't know Jesus. I want to tell you, life life as a Christian is the best life. The hope. The value. The identity. If you don't know Jesus and you'd like to know Him this morning, I'd love to say a prayer for you and just introduce you to Jesus Christ the Savior of the world. Is there anybody here this morning who would just raise their hand and say, Peter, pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. I wouldn't live any other way. Is there anybody this morning? Father, stir us, Lord, to bring the unchurched into church. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.